Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm glad that you have come back today. Uh, we're going to be in Joel chapter 3, starting in verse 3. Uh, we started this discussion yesterday of, again, the general, I believe, the general point that is being made here, uh, regardless of your specific interpretation of what he is discussing here. The general point is, I believe, to be the same. That God will always avenge his people and he will always punish those that have persecuted and wronged his people. Again, referencing Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, with the parable of the persistent widow, I think that's the point that Christ was trying to make, or at least one of them. And here, as we discussed yesterday in verse 2, God says that he is going to gather all nations into the valley of Jehoshaphat, which again, I don't think is necessarily a literal physical location, but used more so figuratively of the judgment that he was going to execute on them. And he, starting in verse 3, he goes into more detail about this judgment and goes into various aspects of it. And so we're just going to start in verse 3 and, and ring through some of these things. He says, talking about these people, just referencing back to the end of verse 2, those that uh, have scattered his people and, and divided up his lands. And continuing there in verse 3, And have cast lots for my people, and have traded a boy for a prostitute, and have sold a girl for wine, and have drunk it. What are you to me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all regions of Philistia? Are you paying me back for something? If you are paying me back, I will return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily. For you have taken my silver and my gold, and have carried my rich treasures into your temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their own border. Behold, I will stir them up from the place to which you have sold them, and I will return your payment on your own head. So he's, he's discussing, we'll stop there for a second, he's discussing again the various things that they had done against God's people, which again... You could look at this, I believe, with both interpretations of it. If you're thinking more so physically and literally, the children of Israel, you could look at the various things that they face at the hands of the Assyrians, Babylonians, the Phoenicians, and those in Philistia, all of those that were around them. You could look at it in that light. Or, again, more typically, more figuratively, looking at him, him using these nations, which, of course, in their history were known to persecute and to fight against God's people, using them to figuratively represent all nations and all people that fought against God's people, regardless of the dispensation. And again, pointing more so to the spiritual application, him using these nations and these people to represent all nations and people that would persecute God's church, such as the Romans in the first century, or various other oppressive governments and regimes that have have come up throughout the world's history that have oppressed God's people. Uh, so again, I think I think no matter which interpretation you you choose, as I've said before. The general point, I believe, is the same. But personally, I think that what he is doing here is, and as we talked about a few days ago, I don't even know if Joel fully understood 
what he was talking about and the extent of the application of the things that he was saying were. But I again think that this is pointing more so to the spiritual and to the church and to us being God's people, such as were Judah and Jerusalem and the Jews. We are now God's people. And how all of those that have come up, that have persecuted the church, that have persecuted his people, whether it be in the first century or the 21st century, anyone who persecutes God's people, and the point he's making is he's going to punish them. And what he says in verse 7, he says, I will return your payment on your own head. Whatever they did to the Jews, as we looked at in the Old Testament, it was done to them. Whatever persecution and punishment we may face, it's going to be returned to them. Now, the specifics of all of that is, is something that I don't even know if I want to, to get into all of that because I'm not God. And I'm not in his mind, and I don't know exactly everything that he, he does. Now, of course, there can be, and I think that there is, uh, physical punishment that God sends upon people uh, and nations, as we're talking about here, uh, because of their sin, because of their wickedness, uh, because of their hard-heartedness and their lack of faith in him, I, I think it's I think it's almost certain that he still works providentially to, to bring those things about. And so certainly these things that we're talking about here, these punishments and the judgment that he exacts on those that persecute his people certainly could have a physical application. But even as we look at these things and, and looking at it in a more generic line, I guess you could say, ultimately, these people who persecute God's children are going to face His judgment on the day of judgment. And they are going to have to give an account of everything that they did against God and against His people. And so again, the specifics of these things, we can debate those, we can question those, and we can continue to study those things, but the the general point of God avenging his people. And that's exactly what he says in verse 7. And he continues in verse 8. I will, tell, I, I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabines, to a nation far away, for the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Consecrate for war. Stir up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations, and, and gather yourselves there. Bring down your warriors, O Lord. Let the nations stir themselves up and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, and their evil is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earthquake. But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. 
this whole passage just just depicting that judgment that was going to come upon those as we've discussed those that persecuted and oppressed God's people it certainly is true that that has a physical application with the literal children of Israel of you know of Israel and and uh, Jerusalem and Judah it certainly is true we can look throughout history there are certainly certainly some physical application and argument to be made for that point but also as we have been discussing it's certain that God is going to avenge you and I and all of the Christians that have come before us that have been persecuted and he is going to punish those that have have wronged us and as he as he is pronouncing all of this judgment he ends in verse 16 with a note of encouragement to God's people. He says at the end of verse 16, The Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. We as children of God and as his people are blessed to be able to lean on God when we are facing persecution, when we are facing tribulation to receive strength and comfort from him. If you remember it's been several weeks now, but when we began that study of 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul talks about the comfort that he received in his tribulations from God. Because God is a refuge and a stronghold for us and for all of his people. And we can take great comfort in that no matter what we may face, no matter the trials and tribulations that, that may come upon us, we know that we can rest on God and He will give us the strength and comfort to overcome those things and that one day He will avenge us for all of the wrong that was done and is being done to us. And as Paul highlights in Romans chapter 12, he commands us to not avenge ourselves, to not take vengeance on those that have wronged us, to not hurt them in the same way that they hurt us, but he even makes the point there in Romans chapter 12 that if our enemy is hungry, then to feed him. If he's thirsty, then to give him drink. That same general principle that Christ gives us in Matthew 5 of loving our enemy. Though they may, may persecute us and, and ridicule us and things of that nature, we still ought to love them. And let God, if they do not repent, let God be the one to take vengeance for us rather than us taking vengeance for ourselves. So here in this part, the, the majority of, of chapter 3 of Joel is, is God pronouncing judgment on all of those that persecute his people. And we can again rest assured that God is our refuge and he is our stronghold and he gives us strength and comfort when facing those tribulations. Uh, but we're going to unfortunately stop here. I was hoping that maybe this week we would get through all of all of Joel and be able to move on to the next thing that we will look at. But we'll finish up Joel uh, next week. We, we should be able to get through the rest of it in one session. And then we'll move on to look at the book of Jonah. And Jonah is going to be a little bit different. It's For me, studying it, it was a little refreshing, a nice change of pace just because of the the style of literature 
that it is, is is very different from what we've been looking at in Obadiah and uh, Joel. And so we'll stop here and and pick up in verse uh, 17 of Joel chapter 3 on Monday. As always, I thank you for your time and for your attention. And if you ever have any questions, feel free uh, to ask them, comment them, message us, call us, whatever you might be most comfortable with. And we would uh, love to sit down and, and study those things with you. But I thank you for your time and for your attention and come back on Monday as we'll continue looking at Joel.